Hello and welcome to the Hustler's Guide to the Galaxy, where we teach you how to be a more successful human. On today's episode, we're talking about something very important per usual, and that is the human brain. To me, this is something I am very passionate about because technically the human brain is sort of running the show, and that's how it feels. Your thoughts, your mind, your reasoning skills is going to help you navigate your project, your job, your interpersonal relationships. And so understanding how your brain works is going to help you get more out of those relationships. And by extension, if you know how your brain works, you can make some assumptions about how other people's brains are working. And that is going to unlock a level of success that most people can't access because they are actually stuck in a loop of self-sabotage coming from their own brain. Sitting on your shoulders is the most complicated object in the known universe, is the human brain. That's what's in your head. That's what's running the show. And that's why it might be so hard to control. So we need to give it some respect and give it some time to analyze how that impacts our future and our life. Tears come from the heart and not from the brain. That's from Leonardo da Vinci, the user experience, so to speak, of being a human doesn't feel like you think sad, think anger, think love. You feel those things. There's a distinction between logic, reason, calculated thought, and how you feel about something. We're going to figure out those differences and start to identify them. Another quote, when you fish for love, bait with your heart, not your brain. And that's from Mark Twain. You really can't logically convince somebody to fall in love with you. They have to feel in love with you. Apple, the company, doesn't logically convince you that their products are great. You, you know that their products are great. You have a feeling when you get a new Apple product. Reading after a certain age diverts the mind too much from its creative pursuits. Any man who reads too much and uses his own brain too little falls into the lazy habits of thinking. That's Albert Einstein. You sort of get what you put in to your mind and your brain. And it's either going to be helping you or it's hurting you. It's a muscle. It's something that can be developed and manipulated and changed. When you find leaders and entrepreneurs or politicians or anybody who's been successful in their field, they have a muscle that's their brain that's elite and has been massaged and exercised and stressed and analyzed, and they've mastered it. If you can't control your own thoughts, what hope do you have about controlling your feelings or your own life or other people's thoughts about you? If you want to be successful, you need to take a hard look at your own thoughts and be very aware of how those thoughts are sort of derived into your emotions and how that interplay works out. And only after you're self-aware are you going to be in a position to be able to control those thoughts and control that stream coming from your conscious mind. And only after you control that stream are you going to be able to eliminate the self-sabotage, the fear, and the worry that is plaguing the majority of people who set out to do something risky or creative or difficult. The first layer of your brain is called the basal ganglia. And it's basically this structure right at the base of your brain 
uh, where it connects to your spinal cord. And this is sort of the primitive brain. Fish have this, reptiles have this, mammals have this. If you're alive on Earth, you have this portion of your brain. It is the core piece. It is responsible for instinctual behaviors of aggression, dominance, territorial uh, displays, fight or flight. This is the brain that's in control. When you see a, a lizard uh, s skitter across the ground out of fear or a squirrel dart away, these aren't conscious ideas that these animals are having. The second layer of the brain is a little bit more complicated. There's a few uh, components to it, but in general, we're just going to call it the limbic system. These portions of the brain are responsible almost for the emotion and motivation and social structure. Uh, what does it mean when somebody smiles? Across all cultures, races, ages, it means the same thing. And that person smiles at you at any point in human history, it has always meant the same thing. Thing. The message is delivered and received between two brains. That's all taking place in the limbic system. It almost goes without being recognized. This is a function of being human and the limbic system, the second layer of the brain. Knowing people's emotions is a, is a valuable asset in survival in terms of evolution. It's going to help you get where you're going as an individual member of the species. And therefore, as humans evolved, this trait became uh, more and more prevalent amongst the population. So now humans are emotional creatures. And we act and feel and make decisions based on emotion. This is coming from the limbic system, the second layer of the brain. The third layer of the brain is called the cerebral cortex. And it's what controls your conscious thoughts. And it's uniquely found in the higher forms of mammals and specifically primates. So this makes our distinction between animals a lot less drastic. We just have the most advanced conscious brain. We are not the fastest or the strongest. We are the smartest. And our cerebral cortex is the most developed. And nearly every human invention and progress and special uh, value of being human is derived from the efforts of this third layer of your brain, the cerebral cortex. If you start to realize these things and think through these things, you're, you're going to start to feel that there's, there's a second voice in your head and there's an inner communication. There's a dialogue between your conscious thoughts and what you want to do and what that voice has to say about what you're going to do. If you're looking at someone having a normal conversation and that person quickly pulls out of their pocket a gun and points it at your face, what's the next thought that goes through your head? It's definitely not what kind of gun is that? Is that gun loaded? Why is this person pointing a gun at me? Is this even legal? Do they have a conceal and carry license? What should I do now? None of those things make it to the top, make it to your cerebral cortex. Not even close. They don't have time. The basal ganglia doesn't stop to ask. It ducks, it moves, it flinches, it releases adrenaline. You act right away. It doesn't matter what your thoughts are. The basal ganglia is running the show. Then you got the next thing, right? And you're talking to your friend and all of a sudden your friend says to you, well, yeah, that's like you, you know, last year when you missed that big free throw in the basketball game and we lost. Now, what do you feel? How, what is your brain thinking? What's the inner dialogue? 
you're probably thinking, that hurts. I feel this way. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm upset. Why is this person insulting me in this way? Why are they reminding me of the pain? You definitely don't think, I wonder what their motivation is for saying that. Well, what was the score to that game? That's the second layer of the brain, okay? That's the limbic system. How does this make you feel? Your initial response, when it really comes down to it, you open your eyes, there's a snake on your arm. What do you do? That's your basal ganglia. You don't want to die. That's how you react. Next one, emotional. Next layer up. Someone says something, shows something. You catch your wife or your spouse cheating on you. What do you do? What's driving your behavior in that moment, okay? It's not fight or flight. You're not in danger. It's not the basal ganglia. It's the emotion, right? What you don't do is logically stop and think, could I get sued for this? Is this impacting my pending divorce case? I better call my attorney. I don't want to get in trouble for this. Should I be recording this conversation? But we don't do that, do we? Because our conscious mind isn't running the show, is it? The limbic system's running the show. The basal ganglia is running the show. So when do we use our conscious mind? When you read a book, when you put together IKEA furniture, when you're solving a math problem, when you're writing code, what percentage of the time are we doing that stuff? Rarely. You literally think, why did I do that? Who are you talking to when you say, why did I do that? Who are you talking to? That's also you. You're talking to the lower levels of your brain. You are your conscious brain. You feel like that's you. That's where your thoughts are. And so if you really analyze this, you're going to start to realize that everyone has a split personality. Everyone has a distinction between what they think they think and what they are actually thinking. And I want to give everybody the analogy that this is almost like a new CEO. It's like been hired to run the company. Okay, your body, your brain, that's the company. That third layer of the brain, that's the new CEO. But the problem is, is that he's like five years old. The cerebral cortex has been around for not very long in the grand history of human evolution. It feels like it's running the show. It's not. There's a board of directors. That's the limbic system. There's a whole bunch of shareholders. That's the basal ganglia. The CEO can only run the show with the authority of the board and with the approval of the shareholders. Otherwise, he gets fired, all right? If the CEO says, I want to sell all of X and buy all of Y, and we're going to make this drastic decision with our business model, the board has to approve it. If you want to start a project, if you want to write a children's book, you got to ask the other layers of your brain, is it okay? That's the problem. It's not okay with them. They're going to say no every time. That's the self-sabotage, okay? Without consulting you, the limbic system fires up. Well, what if they make fun of you? What if you don't get those books sold? What if your spouse leaves you because of the financial ruin? What if your boss finds out and fires you because you're not focused on your current job? What if you're no good at this? What if your friends laugh at you? What if you don't get any sales? What if you wasted all this time? You just close your notebook and you stop writing and you work on something else, something boring, something safe. Something that the limbic system agrees with. Do you see the problem? That's self-sabotage. Your conscious mind wanted to do something. Take a step forward. Take a risk. Do something creative. Push publish. And it had to query the board. That's your limbic system. 
hey, is it all right if I do this or take this risk? Limbic system says, hey, I thought about it. I didn't analyze it because I'm not logical. Just a feeling that I get. Probably safer if you don't do it. So don't do it. Reports back up to your conscious brain. Here's 17 reasons. So you don't do it. This is where all ideas stop. Asking a customer for a sale to, to sell a product or a service to that person is terrifying. What if they say no? What if they leave you a one-star review? What if your product breaks? What if not only does your product breaks, but it causes some level of liability where that customer got injured and they're gonna come sue you for everything you have? That's why you don't make the product. And you know, it's better. Just don't make it. Stay at home on the couch. Your limbic system's gonna be super happy. That's where it wants you anyway, because all you really need to do is stay alive long enough to have kids. That's it. That's what. That's the prerogative. That's the mission of the limbic system and that basal ganglia. Keep this bag of meat going long enough until it can have kids and make more bags of meat just like this one. That's its goal in life. This conscious layer on top is contrary to that. It has bigger goals, other things to do besides reproduction and survival. But the limbic system doesn't care. Limbic system has the power. You have to shut down the limbic system and say, I don't care about your emotion. I don't care that you're afraid. I'll have kids. Don't worry about it. There's food in the grocery store. Don't worry about it. We have cities and houses and modern medicine. Stop worrying about it, okay? We're not in the jungle. You can chill now, limbic system. This is a skill. This is a muscle. This is like benching 250 pounds. You have to work your way up to it. So our ability to be successful is really going to be a function of our ability to understand and manipulate these three layers. You really can't do too much about that basal ganglia. It's going to do what it's going to do. You know, when you're standing in the jungle and you hear uh, the bushes rustle in the background, you're going to be afraid because you thought you were alone and it sounds like you're not alone. Assumption number one, the wind blew the bushes and it's nothing. Assumption number two, there's a tiger in the bushes and it's going to kill me. You could have a thousand false positives in a row where you say, I think it's a tiger, it's not. I think it's a tiger, it's not. I think it's a tiger, it's not. And you're going to survive all of those events. If you have a false negative or whatever the right term is, and you say that's not a tiger, and it in fact is a tiger, and it eats and kills you, it only takes one. You're completely wiped out. No chance of survival. No chance of reproduction. And that's why it's no surprise why we always assume the worst in modern society. If you are listening to this podcast in the United States, there are no tigers. There is nothing that can happen to you in business or in a personal relationship in modern society, especially in America, that you cannot recover from. And so there really are no tigers. There's nothing to worry about. Your friends won't laugh at you when you publish that book. And if they do laugh at you, if that's the tiger in the bushes, realize it doesn't matter. You'll still reproduce. You'll still get the food. You're still going to survive. You need to tell your limbic system to chill. The closer that you get to pushing, publish, hitting, send, shaking the hand, saying yes, asking the girl, the closer you get, the louder it will start to yell. It's the primitive you, and you need to tell it to be quiet. So on Monday, you say you want to be on a diet, and you spend 
an afternoon writing out the diet plan. You got a piece of paper. You have a spreadsheet to yourself. You got the Apple Watch going. Your conscious brain has spent hours preparing your body and your mind for the diet. And you have made a conscious choice. You are the CEO. You are running the show. You are the conscious brain. You are the third layer. Third layer says we are on a diet. Puts the basal ganglia on notice. We're on a diet. Puts the limbic system on notice. You're on a diet. It's Tuesday now. You walk into work. In the conference room are donuts. What's the first thing that you think of? That you want a donut. A donut is a sugary bread product. When a sugar molecule comes into our nose and hits a receptor, we need that. Why? To survive, to reproduce, to store fat for the winter. Why? Because it used to be that we were in a jungle. But now we got donuts in the conference room. Why is obesity a, a problem? Logically, you're going to die sooner. Logically, this is a terrible choice to become obese. Why do we do it? Because we're not making that choice. The limbic system made that choice. The basal ganglia made the choice. You need to step up, recognize it, and control that thought stream. And you say, we're on a diet. We're not eating that donut. You, you would imagine that you're you. You run you. You decide what you do. You don't. Because your limbic system speaks up quite easily and says, yeah, but just take the stairs. That's a 200-calorie donut, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is, says your conscious mind. Well, just, just grab that donut and take the stairs. We want that sugar. Can you get us that sugar, please? All right, all right, all right, cool. I'll take the donut. It's that exact same analogy that gets applied to anyone trying to do anything creative or difficult in this life. You think you're running the show. You think you're working on it. Your limbic system and your basal ganglia are working tirelessly to sabotage that plan. It's far too risky. Why would you ever do that? In fact, it's actually risky to not eat the donut. It's risky to not eat the donut. There's no guarantees there will be donuts tomorrow or that McDonald's and Whole Foods will be available tomorrow. You could very easily starve to death in the next 14 days starting right now. There's a donut right there. You should eat it. The basal ganglia is right. This is the back and forth. You need to stop and use your conscious brain to turn around and look at the limbic system and the basal ganglia and you say, I recognize what you're saying. I appreciate your advice. And we are deciding that we are not going to eat that donut. And I am not going to listen to you, limbic system and basal ganglia. That's when you overcome the fear. That's when you tell them to shut up. We covered a lot about your own mind, the subsections of the brain, how we got here and how to manipulate it. But I've realized we actually need a part two. So we're going to do that in the next episode where we talk about how that interplay in your mind is actually playing out in other people's minds as well. So once you master your own mental thought process, which is what we sort of touched on today, but once you've mastered that, you can make the transition into realizing that's how other people think too. You can control how their minds work. And when you can control how their minds work, you can get them to make the decisions and take the actions that you are hoping they would take. So that's it. Until next time, this is the Hustler's Guide to the Galaxy, signing off.